God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That's Proverbs 16 and verse 9. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode number 9 of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Marco, and I'm here with my nephew and the world heavyweight champion of the Cornbread Wrestling Federation, (coughs) Stone Cold Seth Carter. Uh Uh-oh. Let me tell you something, Uncle Marco. <laughs> that might be the best intro we've ever had. Please. Oh, oh man. Did you record it? Yeah, it's recording. Uh, we'll just keep on rolling from there. Oh, you're still recording? Yeah, yeah I think we're, we're going to leave that. That was pretty good. Oh, man. So, thanks for joining. Uh, today's a double header. We already uh, we recorded episode eight today, and now we're recording episode nine so we're a little bit delirious i guess but uh i want to thank you for for joining in uh shout out narrowgate boutique our sponsor narrowgateboutique.etsy.com and shout out to the world wrestling federation for letting us steal that uh that (laughs) steve austin's entry music there oh my goodness thanks for for listening guys so let's kick this thing off seth with since we're on the the track of uh wrestling and uh wrestling wrestlers and all this stuff what was your favorite wrestling move as a kid you know what i'm about to say don't you don't if you're about to take the one i'm thinking of, oh it goes right off the music oh the stone cold stunner wow i mean that was the exact one i was gonna pick i'm pretty i'm pretty mad about that well if you want that one I'm not going to let you have it. Yeah. I may just have to stomp a mud hole in you and walk it dry. Well, let me tell you what. <laughs> I got backup moves besides that. I got the sweet chin music. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, since you stole probably the best finishing move of all time. It I, is. I would probably just go with uh, the Tombstone pile driver by The Undertaker because you took the second best one, too, sweet chin music. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all pray for Seth. Um yeah, just pray for <laughs> Anyway, speaking of uh, topics, we're going to change it here because <laughs> this doesn't make any sense with what we're headed towards, but today's episode is on the providence of God. So, Seth, uh, what is the providence of God? When, when you hear somebody say that, what does it mean? Well, if we take that word and pronounce it a little bit different, we could see right away what it means. If we pronounce it like this, providence. That's really what that word is. It's providence, but it's providence also. And the word provide comes from two Latin words, pro, which means before, and verde, which means to see. So you say, well, it means to see before. Well, that's kind of, sort of, right, in a sense, but it means to look out for, to look out for ahead of time. 
And the Greek word that used that's used for providence is pranoia, which means to think before. And if you boil that down, it means to take thought beforehand. So the providence of God has to do with the fact that God is looking out for everything and taking thought for everything ahead of time. Not that he's looking into the future or anything like that, but in his plan before every single thing happened, he already took in consideration every single thing before yeah. he decreed it. And everything that God does, um, would you say he makes provision beforehand? He, he uh, foreknows everything. He makes provision beforehand. So God is in direct control of his creation. Nothing happens apart from God's decrees, and the decrees of God are his eternal purposes according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he hath foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Yeah, and so as Christians we read in Ephesians uh, 1 and verse 11, it says, We have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. To the end of those who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. So according to the counsel of his will. Yeah, absolutely. God's involved in this universe. He's not a far away God. It may seem like at times he's far away from where we can their flesh, but the Lord does not distance himself from us or no, does he uh, distance himself from the creation or anything at all or the world. So you mentioned uh, creation there. How would you answer the question of, of God's providence in creation? Well, moving forward with this to creation, God not only created all things in the past, but he also is actively and constantly caring for all things in the present. The Lord God upholds all things, preserves all things, and directs all things in order that he will ultimately provide for all things. Now, God does not distance himself. We just mentioned that. He cares so much about his creation. We see that when he talks about are not two sparrows sold for a penny and neither one of them can fall from apart from your heavenly father. That's paraphrasing there. Even the sparrows cannot fall down apart from God's will. And that means God's even right there with that tiny little sparrow. God isn't far away in anything. Um Colossians 1 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible for whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together so in Jesus Christ everything holds together and Hebrews 1 3 it says that Christ is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power so the world cannot hang together on its own just like atheists or evolutionary or people with the you know view of evolution mm -hmm. hold the world cannot hang together on its own it has to be up, upheld moment by moment creation was never such a thing that was to be independent from god yeah as man thinks god created and then he upholds moment by moment by the word of his almighty power yeah and, and we see through genesis and the account of creation we see um that before creation was created was god God yeah. was there before. He'll be there after. And he spoke everything into and existence. he spoke everything into existence. So God's providence, um, you see, in creation of the world, in creating the world in six days, and he rested on the seventh. Uh, we see that God is uh, shows his providence in creation in the very first book of the Bible. 
Yeah. Now, for mankind talks about the laws of nature and everything, doesn't stand on a Christian worldview to approach it. They tend to think of nature running on its own. Everything's auto, automatic and just, you know, acting upon its own. Uh, doing whatever it pleases. There's no control behind it. Even some Christians may think God is far off in distance and not have any control of everything. But the Bible says the winds, the rain, even the grass growing in the field, the animals giving their food, all these things God is actively present and involved in. And here's some scripture to go along with this. In Job, there's lots of scriptures in uh, Job talking about this. For he draws up drops of water which distill as rain from the mist which the clouds drop down and pour abundantly on man so the lord is drawing up those drops of water for the rain verses 28 through 32 of the same chapter indeed can anyone understand the spreading of the of clouds the thunder from his canopy look he scatters his light upon it and covers the depths of the sea for by these he judges the peoples he gives food in abundance he covers his hands with lightning and commands it to strike yeah and um i was thinking we're talking about creation but look even in um in exodus with uh, pharaoh and moses and and everything that's going on there in exodus uh, chapter 14 verse 14 um the the lord says the lord will fight for you while you keep silent and verse 15 says then the lord said to moses why are you crying um out to me tell the sons of israel to go forward as for you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the sons of israel shall go forth um through the midst of the sea on dry land and so uh, god is in control of of those that are involved in, in, in this scripture we're reading we know that god was hard in pharaoh's heart uh, to cause the uh, Israelites to uh, take the flight from Egypt. But we see uh, in that he made providence for that by creation. Yeah, moving, sure did. Uh, uh, Partner the Red Sea. Yeah, sure did. And uh, I want to say one more, more thing about the lightning. Now, the Internet has websites, Marcus, that have been on there for a little while now where you could see and watch real-time lightning strikes. And every one of those streaks of lightning, God covers his hand with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. Yeah. Now, do you see how different that is when you look at nature from a Christian worldview versus it just being a thing on its own? I mean, it's a big difference. There's no such thing as nature having a capital N. It's God that takes the place of that. Yeah. And one thing I hear that bothers me so bad, Marcus, is when people say Mother Nature, Mother Nature this is doing this and that, Mother Nature is going crazy, Mother Nature needs to chill out. You're not talking about Mother Nature when you're talking about creation and what it's going on with the weather and everything. You're talking about the one true and living God mm-hmm. when you mention that. Yeah, the one who who said heaven was it heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. That's right. That's right. Job 37, 6 through 13. For he says to the snow, fall on the earth. Likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength. He seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. The beasts go into the dens and remain in their lairs. For the chamber of the south comes the whirlwind and the cold from the scattering winds of the north. By the breath of God, ice is given. By the breath of God ice is giving and the broad waters are frozen also with moisture he saturates the thick clouds he scatters his bright clouds and they swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth he causes it 
to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. He causes it all to happen, yeah. Marcus. Yeah, and we see God interacting um, with the, the people as well. Uh, I know we, I was talking about Moses uh, in Exodus there, but we read in Numbers, in 20, uh, Numbers 26 and uh, verse 9, we, get, we read an account where the sons of Eliab, Namuel, and Dathan, and Abram, uh, Abraham, these are the Dathan and Abram who were called by the congregation who contended against Moses and against Aaron and the company of Korah when they contended against the Lord. So these people were contending against Moses, but ultimately they were contending against the Lord. Um, and what happened to them? The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up along with Korah. When the company died, uh, when the fire devoured 250 men so that they became a warning. Um, so we see God used uh, creation to, uh, he, he, in God's providence in creation, he parted the Red Sea, but also God opened the ground up. And in judgment. Sw- in judgment and swallowed uh, 250 men, it says. See, one of the things that makes God, God is that he declares the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. See, Isaiah 46 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Absolutely. The Lord will always accomplish his perfect will. We should never, ever use the language of as Christians saying God is trying to do something. I've been guilty of that in the past, but God is never trying to do something he's always willing to do things that line up according to his scripture mm-hmm. but god never tries to do anything at all yeah that, and that's something we do hear a lot um is god is, is trying to save people um and i know this may this probably step that'll probably step on a lot of toes by saying that yeah. god's trying to save people no well, god is accompli- accomplishing salvation in the lives of his people yeah um, and it's not uh something that he is going to fail at no, God will never fail to save anybody that he's chosen to save in eternity past. Yeah. God is involved in creation. He's involved in salvation. But he's also involved in the world's problems. We can see and look in, at this in Scripture, his providence in the world and its problems. Um, I heard a person say this a while back, and I don't want to get into politics on this, but somebody said God didn't have his mess in, didn't have his hand in that mess at Washington, D.C. when our president got sure, elected. Yeah. Well, whoever said that was wrong, and I say that with love, I do. Mm-hmm. Daniel 2.21, And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removes kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. The Lord is clearly the one over every single thing when it comes to the rulers of the earth. He will use good leaders to bless nations and bad leaders to judge them yeah and i I think uh it's important to say this too as we've talked about paul and paul's conversion um and you can relate it closely with uh with things that happen in the world as you have this system this world system that's going against god um and god will god allows that for a time but he always uh whether uh immediately or ultimately will bring those things to uh to ultimate judgment so Paul in Acts 26 and 14, um, when Jesus came to him, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats or kick against the bricks, the King James says. 
Um, so we find a man that is a, a zealot. He's religious. He's pu- he's persecuting uh, the church, and God uh, knew about it before Paul ever did any of those things, and made provision to have this interaction with Paul um, a- a- along the way in Paul's life, to where he said, uh, "You're going against me. It's it's you're having a hard time doing this because you're kicking against um, the truth, basically." You're kicking against the goads. You're kicking against the pricks. Um, and so we see that God, uh, he, he, his providence is, uh, it's amazing. We see in Paul's life that the providence of God came and met Paul right where he was at sure. and changed his life. So uh, Paul was in opposition to God's providence. So when we look at, you're speaking of leaders and these things, uh, we'll all t- oftentimes look and say, well, this is a ungodly leader, or that's an ungodly leader and those things. Um, but look all throughout the scriptures how God used ungodly men to as a judgment upon his people sure does and i like this verse in acts 17 26 and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place god will only let people go so far in what they're doing I mean, he could stop it any time he wants to, but he has a boundary right there determined to stop these evil rulers and everything. Now, we do have a sense of a free will. Now, I'm not talking about free will to, for salvation or anything, but we do have a will, and we're making decisions every single day, and we do pretty much what we want to. Of course, it don't happen apart from God's decree, but God is able to shut us down completely if he chooses to. He's able to strike down our president if he wants to and the one that comes behind them if he wants to if they're not being obedient to god or if god just chooses to judge them but he could do that he can and we see that with nebuchadnezzar he had to learn the hard way yeah the bible says while the word was still in the king's mouth a voice fell from heaven king nebuchadnezzar to you it is spoken the kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be of the beast of the field they shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and ate grass like an oxen. Mm-hmm. His body was wet with the dew of the heaven till his hair had grown grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws one of the most powerful if not the most powerful ruler on the earth at that time got struck down by the lord and what makes people not think he could still do that yeah he could still do that and god could humble somebody and bring them to re to a relationship with him yeah. and we see that in nebuchadnezzar's life he had a change of heart and uh he was one of the few kings that experienced God's saving grace. Absolutely, and I, I we see uh, we see examples of this in the New Testament also. Um, and when Paul uh, was writing um, in the epistles, we know that there was a lot of uh, Judaizers that were uh, hurting the church. They were coming in and uh, preaching circumcision uh, that you had to be circumcised. And so in Titus uh, one and ten, uh, Paul wrote, "For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers." Uh, especially they of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole houses teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake so um, we see you know we, we think of um, false teachers we think of um, 
those that are bringing um, persecution upon the church, those type of things. And we think, well, how, how can God let those things go? Well, he does for, for a season of time. But as you said, God's already de- decreed uh, before time when those things would end. And so we know, as Paul uh, did as Christians, our our way to fight those things is to preach the gospel. Uh, yeah, preach the gospel against the culture. Whatever is yeah, going whatever, on. Whatever, whatever the is. problem is, you preach the gospel. That's it. So. The gospel is always the answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gospel is always the answer, and I love what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. And I want to go back to this and read this. It says, "And at the end of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion." Is a everlasting dominion, mm-hmm. and his kingdom is from generation to generation, from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. The Lord took an old pagan king who tried to kill three Hebrew children, humbled them to the point, and now he's praising God. Yeah, you and, see God's providence in all of that. Yeah, and it's amazing to look all throughout time, history, all throughout the Scripture, throughout our history. Just thinking back, even in our own country. How God has providentially worked things for His glory, uh, he, he brings these things uh, that we would see as, oh no, we have a you know, unruly person in power here. Oh no, we have a uh, president, if you want to say that's ungodly here. Yeah. Whatever those things, but God works these things for His glory. God's going to get glory out of oh, it. Oh yeah, He's going to get glory no matter what, and that leads us to more personal things, and and that's the providence in individuals lives now we have mentioned individuals but from we was talking about this we was just talking about worldly problems Mm -hmm. with them individuals yeah and genesis 50 the story of joseph if you don't see god's providence in that i don't know what's wrong with you and joseph and his brothers and genesis 50 reads this right here as for you you meant evil against me but God meant it for good in order to bring about his present result to preserve many people alive. When you say God's going to get glory for it, well, he's going to get glory for it. For men mean evil, God's meaning it for good. The same action, but different motive mm-hmm. behind it. God choosing that, that to happen for his glory and yeah. for his good. Yeah, we, we read in Romans 8 and 28, and it's a, it's a wonderful, comforting verse of Scripture for an individual Christian. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So we know that God causes all things to work together for good. So in that bit of scripture you just read there, Seth, I mean, just a, from the offset of it, you're like, man, this is going downhill quick. Oh, yeah. God used it um, for good. For good. And for his glory. If you take Genesis 50, verse 20, and line them up with Romans eight twenty eight. A Christian cannot lose. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you cannot lose when people do you wrong at your job. What they meant for evil, God meant for good. When somebody steals something from you, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm-hmm. When family problems happen, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. When you have false accusations against you, yeah. what they meant for evil, God means for good. Yeah, when you get fired just unjustly from a job yeah 
what they meant for evil, God meant for good. You cannot lose mm-hmm. apart from God and his decrees. It's truly amazing. It's such a beautiful truth in Scripture. I'm about to go take a lap right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so God's made this provision beforehand for his people, and uh, though we go through seasons of uh, just complete, utter failure, we go through seasons where we feel like we're in despair, we feel like we uh, are just barely hanging on, even in those times, I won't even say even in those times. I'll say especially in those times. God is working all things for our good. That's right. Even ourselves, when we sin against God, think about this. What we meant for evil, God meant it for good still. How can you say that? God will break us down and change us and conform us to the image of his precious dear son. Amen. Because what we meant for evil, God meant for good. There's a reason why God lets us sin. There is. Every sin that happens in the church of Jesus Christ happens by divine permission, Mm -hmm. and God uses it for good. Yeah, that's a good way to put that, divine permission. Um, And we know, and we'll we'll get in, you know, take a a kind of a turn here uh, and talk about this, but we know that God is not the author of sin. No, he's not. James tells us that he doesn't cause us to sin. He doesn't tempt us to sin. No. Um, that's not God. That's not his nature. That's not um, anything about him. So how, how would we answer the question of, you're talking about the providence of God and how even our sin works um, in, in our favor as far as, well, I won't say it works in our favor, but our sin causes us, uh, brings us to repentance and faith in Christ, those things. Um, how would we answer that question of, it, we know God's not the, the author of sin, but how does providence play a role in that? Well, you got to look at primary and secondary causes. It's the person that's sinning. Mm-hmm. It's Satan that sinned in the fall. I mean, and not in the fall. Well, he did fall well, he from did heaven. Fall, yeah. He fell like lightning for what Jesus said. Yeah. But you have to look at this. In God, there's no darkness at all. <clears throat> what happened was Satan himself, his thoughts, his desires... He sinned against God. Now, I cannot, there's no theologian that's alive right now or ever been alive that could answer where did Satan's thoughts and all that come from. It's just left out in Scripture. And if you try to figure that out and explain that, you're going to end up spinning around in a tight circle and go Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. But it comes from creatures. Mm-hmm. The creatures sin, not God. It's our our sin nature we have that we've inherited from our federal head, who is Adam. Yeah, we've inherited that sin nature. So uh, we talk about free will. Yes, we do have free will in the sense that our will is uh, sinful. Free to make choices according to our nature is right. what I would say. Yeah, and our nature is sinful. Um, and so the good things uh, that we do, it's because God's caused us to do those things. Oh, yeah, like you go to the fall and you look at Adam's nature, I mean, sin nature, and I don't want to get away from the providence of God, but before the fall, Adam was able not to sin. Mm-hmm. After the fall, he could not he keep from, stop sinning. from sinning. Yeah, he couldn't and stop. Christ, we're able not to sin because he's made provision for us and, and providence and everything. But you look at the fall, God did choose to let that happen. Mm-hmm. He did. There's no getting around yeah, it. Yeah. And his provision and everything in providence, God let that happen to bring glory and honor to him because we could now know the grace of God, the justice of God, and God could demonstrate all his attributes after the fall. That's that's exactly right. So uh, God is not the author of sin, but that does not mean that God is not, um, like you said, it's, like, it's almost like divine permission where he's, He's given people a space of time to fulfill their will, their desires, those things. That way, uh, as we see, there's so many people in Scripture 
when he brings them to, to true repentance and grace and faith and, and Jesus Christ that um, it's it's such a work of God that God only God can do it. Um, so we see that God's not causing us to sin. He he, he allows it for for uh, a season or a time. Um, but he ultimately will take care of it. You'll it'll it'll either be taken care of in Christ or it'll be taken care of in judgment. That's right. Only a perfect, holy, just God can allow sin to come into the world and use it for his glory and honor and establish his purposes. Yeah. Now I use this as an example and you're one of my best friends, Marcus. I thank the world of you. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> and you're one of the best saints of God I know and who I could trust in so many areas. And just let your head swell up a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay. But if he was to come into a room and ask me for my keys without telling me why I need your car keys, I'd say yes. I, I'd just let you have them. I told him to you without questions asked. Yeah. Because I know your character and... I look at that and saying I trust a saint with my car keys and everything, but how much more should all believers trust God with their whole lives mm-hmm. and his providence? Because he's in control of everything. And we know God's character and nature through Scripture. He's perfect. He does no wrong. Yeah, God is sovereign. Um, and I, I know it's a word that um, maybe some listeners may not f- be familiar with, um, but it's basically what exactly what you just said god is in control even the numbers of your the the, the numbers of the hairs on your head are numbered it's yes. in the same in in matthew 10 uh, right after the verse that you read about the two sparrows bb uh, warfield said this and this is talking of god's sovereignty uh, and the providence of god he said a firm faith in the universal providence of god is the solution to all earthly troubles yes if we if we really believe and trust that god um, he is. He's made provisions for all things beforehand. He's in direct control of his creation. Uh, we can rest knowing that whatever happens, come what may, whatever whatever happens, that God has worked it to our good. We can trust and knowing that God is perfect. Um, if if you were in control, or if I were in control, it would not be perfect. If you give me supervision over over something, I may do it well. For a bit, but there's going to be times where um, I don't supervise things. I don't make things go uh, for the best outcome no. at all times. If you were to do things, uh, you I'd wouldn't, be terrified. You, you wouldn't make things go to the best outcome. You, you you would have your faults and your failures because we're sinful men. But we know that when God is controlling everything that's happening, that it's being perfectly controlled. Yes, there may be calamity. Yes, there may be sickness. Yes, there may be sorrows, suffering. Those things. God said there would be those things. Yeah. Um, but we ultimately can rest and know that God's providence says that he is in control. That's right. This doctrine has so much truth in it that the finite human mind can't comprehend it. I mean, you just can't. This doctrine makes you rejoice and brings comfort in your heart while you're in the midst of storms, trials, tribulation. It'll make you realize when you think everything is going wrong in your life, it's actually going on the right way according to God's plan. Yeah, um, and it's funny. The second president of the United States said this, and I think it's kind of funny, um, but there's some truth to it, too. He says, there's no such thing as human wisdom. All is the providence of God. Man, <laughs> I mean, I wish we could get back to that. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The government. Yeah, me too. But um, we, we, we realize that uh, w- the things that we, that we would do would be sinful, but God does these things, and they're perfect. Whatever it is, it's perfect. 
man before i started learning about the decrees of god and god's providence i took the view of like there's so many different futures i think it's called molinism Mm -hmm. and i just it's before i was rooted and grounded in the words and i thought there's so many different futures and god was just trying to make everything go the best it can with the thoughts of free will creatures and actions my goodness anybody that holds that view is a miserable human being Mm -hmm. to know now that god is completely in control that nothing happens apart from his decree this warms my heart yeah i i look at this um as as a personally as a father um i have i have uh, protection and i watch over my children my, my boys i watch over them take them i i do everything i can to where nothing bad is going to happen to them uh, physically and those type of things i try to keep them out of harm's way but i don't always perfectly do that god always perfectly does that yes as I said, sometimes uh, it's through heartaches and sicknesses and trials and those things. But ultimately, God's taking care of his children. He is. And just because bad things, man, it's right here so rich. Dr. John Piper said this. When he had cancer, I remember him pr- saying, he prayed this. He said, God, don't let me waste my cancer. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's a gift from you and your providence and everything that you're doing. There's a reason behind this. Yeah talking about a man that understood the purpose of god purposes of god for his glory and for and just because god's about his glory don't mean he don't care about his creatures i know that's probably what comes up in the mind of people it works so well into the purpose of his creatures yeah we 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 tend to separate it uh what you're saying there we tend to separate those things but god's working he's he's weaving those things together he's not uh, managing a bunch of robots down here he's a manager he's managing a, a bunch of people that he cares for yeah um and the bible says that he never sleeps he never slumbers as a father there's times where i'm too tired to to do things that can help my children and i mean i say that to my shame but it's true sometimes i'm uh, i've had a bad day i'm tired i'm in a bad mood those type of things and i can't fully fulfill the duties that i should yeah. fit fulfill but god's never tired he never sleeps he never slumbers and he always takes care of his children yeah and that's just like being a friend to you there's times i can't help you yeah. i can't do this and can't do that and there's things i wish i could do more for you but god is not a sleepy friend Amen. like me Amen. i get tired i get weary yeah. but god is so wonderful in all his ways and here's the thing if you could just trust him and this is stepping on my toes yeah if i could just trust him with every single thing that goes on in my life I'd have so much joy and peace in every single thing that happens to me in this life. Absolutely. So we, we know um, when, we, when we truly read the Word of God that, that what it says about God being in control of things. But I think um, I, personally our, our tendency is to try to t- take things into our own hands. Sure. We like to um, cause the outcome of things. If, if I'm doing a job or something, I want to make sure that I do the best that I can. Um, and I do everything I can to cause that outcome. Um, but ultimately, I'm not in control of the outcome. You're not. <laughs> and so that's what's so crazy about it is like I, we, we try everything we can to determine what the outcome of things are when God has already determined. Before we even thought about doing it, God had determined the outcome. There's such a big difference in a modern evangelical worldview of God versus the Reformed Christian worldview that says pretty much is, is the scriptures honestly mm-hmm. it says that god declares the end from the beginning and he's over all things yeah yeah and so um it's it's so awesome we see god in creation we see god in um 
like the, the rulers of the nations and leaders and those things. But um, as a child of God, we see God in control on an individual level, knowing that salvation, God's in control of it. Sanctification, God's in control of it. Our everyday life, God is in control of it. Yeah, and he's in control of when the world's going to end, too. Amen. Many people think that global warming, and I'm not getting into that, but people think global warming what world's going to flood well i got news for you that world's never going to flood because of the noah no the as well the covenant god made with noah yeah yeah um i mean it's never going to flood again god promised that you cannot god could not god can't do one thing and that's lie he cannot lie yeah yeah, he cannot do one thing and that's lie and it's amazing with science is science is only proven what god already knew (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, apart from I like what Cornelius Van Til said. Apart from God, you can't prove anything. That's true. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, and God is before anything was God. Oh He's yes, there. and people wonder about the sun going out and all this, and it's yeah. just not in Scripture for that, any of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You get new heavens, new earth. The sun right. ain't there because the Son of God's there. Right. He's the light of the world. Yeah, but nothing's gonna happen like these end time movies for like apocalypse happens and all them movies are based on a worldview apart from god Mm -hmm. that nature's in control and all this happens yeah yeah. but my friend (laughs) as god is in control which he is and forever will Mm -hmm. be there's nothing that's gonna happen yeah yeah there's so much rest and assurance and knowing that god is in control and we're not we we make decisions and, and we do actions each day um, but ultimately, God is in control of our lives, uh, and I think it's against our nature to want to believe that because we feel like we're so independent. You know, we we like to control things. We're independent. We like to take things into our own hands. But God, it's ultimately, as you know, the song we learn when we're, when we're a little kid. He's got the whole world in his hands. He yeah. really does. What frees you from all that is is when you surrender into God and just let Him. I don't even like to say let him, but yeah. <laughs> when you, you surrender mean. and let your mind be freed from mm-hmm. trying to do everything on your own, that's yeah. a better definition of yeah. that. Yeah, God uh, it tells us in God's word that um, the inner man is renewed day by day. Our mind is renewed. God renews our mind. Going back to our last episode on repentance, God changes our mind to where, well, I don't trust in myself anymore. There's days and there's moments throughout the day. There's minutes throughout the day where I trust in something that I'm doing. Um but ultimately, uh, as a child of God, I trust in the work of God and what God is doing yeah. versus what I'm doing because I'm going to make a mess of it. I mean, you leave me in control of something for long enough, I'm going to make a mess of it, and you would too. Oh, yeah. Um, There's so many things I see the decrees of God in. I mean, like my grandfather, when he died of cancer, the man beat cancer five times. And we could close with this story if that's all right. Yeah. Marcus. The man beat non-Hodgkin's lymphoma I think four or five times doctors said they never saw hardly anybody ever do that yeah but my papa was not converted yet he wasn't he didn't get saved two, about a month or two before he died but God kept him alive and his decrees because well for first off he's elect and yeah. God chose to save him yeah but you see that right there God's perfect work mm-hmm. in preserving his people that he chose to save mm-hmm. keeping him alive not letting the cancer kill him then choosing to save him yeah. and saving his soul it's Amen. just a beautiful thing it is and it's and that's that gives uh, i think that i mean it's a personal story i know seth but it gives encouragement to people who have been praying for their loved ones for 
forever. Um, and they say, well, they're not converted yet. God's in control. He is 77 years old. My pal got born again. Yeah. So uh, we, we still pray uh, just because God is sovereign and uh, is in control of everything. Doesn't, doesn't stop us from praying. Um, but we pray, thy will be done. Uh, yes, that will be done. All Prayer right, is not meant it. to change God; it's mm-hmm. meant to change the believer and line him up according yeah. to God's will. Yeah, that's why uh, when we see in Christ in His own in Christ's prayer, He said, "Thy will be done." Nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will. Um, so that's we we can trust in God, knowing that He's in control. We can trust in God, knowing that nothing is going to happen to us outside of what God already knows is going to happen to us. That's right. All right, Seth, you got anything else before we? Close her down. I believe that's it, Marcus. Okay, we'll end with the Stone Cold Stunner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank y'all for listening, and God bless.